everything live here in a brand new world on this Monday, November 15th, 2021. And welcome back to another edition of recapping all of the action over the NFL weekend. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know that this week on the Brandon's World Podcast, on Thursday, we will be breaking down week number 11 in the National Football League. As well as, we're going to be talking about the college football playoff rankings after a relatively non-eventful Saturday in college football, as well as we are going to preview the Survivor Series pay-per-view that is taking place this Sunday in Brooklyn. Also, on Saturday, we are going to be bringing on as the Mike O'Host, Enzo Orlando, to talk all things NFL, as well as the Major League Baseball Collective Bargaining Agreement. So, big things happening this week here. On the Brands World Podcast, as always, make sure to go on Twitter, follow us at Real underscore B World, as well as the show at Brandon Lewis underscore seven. But with that in mind, folks, there was a huge weekend in the National Football League. I don't want to waste any more time. You guys know the drill. As always, if you have not already, if you cannot listen to our podcast live, go to Google Play, go to iTunes. Go to Spotify, go to wherever you get your podcasts, and please listen to the Brands World Podcast. We produce at least two a week, sometimes three, sometimes even four, a lot based off the NFL. We've been going a lot more in depth into college football as a way now that the real rankings are beginning to start. But the NFL is my bread and butter, and we had another great weekend of NFL football. So without further ado, here we go, starting things off. With Thursday night football between the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you guys know, last Thursday on the podcast, I said this was easily, in my opinion, the best bet of the weekend. I said easily take Baltimore minus seven and a half. Yeah, um, that was a bad idea by me. Listen, the note eight theory came in again. Miami, who came off a win against Houston, they built some momentum. Baltimore, more than likely, was tired from their overtime win against Minnesota. Baltimore came out early on. They ran the football. They looked good. But once the Dolphins stopped that run, the Ravens could not get anything going. The Dolphins' offense, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it still is poor. They still cannot move the football, whether it is with Agamaloa, who gave them a spark in the second half, or Jacoby Brissett. I still don't think this Dolphins team is good. However, benefit for them is they still have Jacksonville to play. They still have the Jets to play twice. So there may be some Osmo wins in on that schedule. I believe Carolina is also on that schedule as well. So there are some wins here for the Dolphins to gain momentum towards the end of the year, which is unfortunate for me as a Philadelphia Eagles fan because we own their first round pick. But, you know, the Dolphins, they don't have a quarterback. Um, the way Brian Flores used Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa was questionable to me. If Tua Tagovailoa was not ready to go, I don't know why you make him the backup quarterback. I don't know why you start Brissett and then bring in Tua 
It feels like they're playing musical chairs with their quarterback, which is something you never want to do. Look, we all know they wanted the trade for Deshaun Watson before the trade deadline. I'm not going to let the Dolphins oversell me on this. They don't believe in Tua. They're not a very good football team. Their defense has played well over the last couple of weeks, better than what it has been at the beginning of the year. And they are a team that has some talent. They don't have a lot of talent. They're definitely third in the division right now behind New England and uh, Buffalo, but I'm not going to overreact here. I still think Baltimore is a very good football team, and in my opinion, they should be the favorite to win the AFC North, especially with what happened yesterday in New England. Folks, that was a coaching clinic put on by Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo, Steve Belichick, Josh McDaniels, that old coaching staff over Kevin Savansky, Bill Callahan, Joe Woods, and the entire Browns coaching staff. New England flat out won this game dominantly, 45-7, a very dominant performance. And I said, for all you Browns homers out there, I said, be very careful of this game. Because I was not ready to go and buy Brown stock after they dominated Cincinnati. What was that, like 41 to 17, 41 to 16, something like that last week. I said the Browns were going to be emotional coming off the week that it was with Odell Beckham Jr. And they were. Generally, teams with emotion end of all flat, and Belichick's defense has been consistent now. Ever since the loss to Dallas early on in the season, they have been playing lights out football. And folks, I have never seen a team based solely off a certain running back in my life. Without Nick Chubb in the lineup, the Browns, unless they're playing a piss-poor Denver team with a lot of injuries and a quarterback that can't move, cannot call a play without Nick Chubb in the lineup. I don't understand it. The defense yesterday, they did not blitz rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Don't understand that. They didn't put heat on him all day. Mac Jones was comfortable, unlike Baker Mayfield, who had a terrible game. He was under duress, left the game in the third quarter with a knee injury. Kevin Stefanski said, he'll be fine. He'll play next week. It was his decision to pull him. But folks, this Browns game yesterday was an embarrassment. It was embarrassment for Cleveland. It was an embarrassment all over the National Football League. You cannot show up like that and just expect to win. I think the Browns thought New England's talent wasn't that good. They had more talent. They were on a roll last week. They could come in and roll New England. And that just wasn't the case. I said Bill Belichick was going to take away the Browns running game. And Dearness Johnson had a pretty good game. He had almost 100 yards rushing. And he caught a lot of pass out of the backfield. What they did but they forced the Browns to get behind with turnovers. And they forced them into second and long, third and long, and forced Baker Mayfield, who now people are going to say has a bad shoulder, into throwing the football. And the fact of the matter is, folks, you can't play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here with Baker Mayfield. Either he's hurt or he's not hurt. If he's hurt, you don't play him. But if he's out there against Cincinnati and he looked as good as he did, I don't want to hear the excuse this week of, oh my God, now he's hurt. No, you flat out got beat. And now the Lions are coming to town, a team you should absolutely beat. Though they played a hell of a game yesterday. Really a shitstorm of a game, we're being honest, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that was a tie. 
Now the Lions are coming in not technically off a loss. That probably feels like a win for them, even with all the turnovers in that game. And then you got at Baltimore on a Sunday night, a bye week. And then Baltimore again, a big out here in the AFC North. I think the Ravens, who go to Chicago next week, are going to have something to prove. And Browns fans, look out, this thing could get ugly fast. Speaking of things that got ugly fast, one of my best bets of the weekend, I said easily take Buffalo minus 12 against the Jets. I was right. Mike White looked pedestrian. Again, the note ape theory. Josh Allen looked pretty good. Buffalo rolls. We are moving on. And we are moving on to the tie game I just mentioned of the Lions and Steelers. Now, obviously, the Steelers did not have Ben Roethlisberger. COVID-19 protocol came down on Saturday night. Ben Roethlisberger tested positive for COVID. Now, he is vaccinated, but because it happened on Saturday, he was deemed ineligible to play. Mason Rudolph came in, and honestly, you cannot tell the difference, okay? Maybe besides one's old and one's young, but this is a very pedestrian Steelers offense. Why I didn't understand how the Browns with that explosive offense could not put up points. I just don't understand it. The Steelers cannot move the ball. They have one okay wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. I myself am not a Chase Claypool fan. I mean, to me, he had one good game his whole life, and that was against the Philadelphia Eagles last year in Week 5. After that, he kind of disappeared. But Deontay Johnson's pretty good. Najee Harris is pretty good. That's about it. And the Steelers, they made a lot of mistakes this day. They fumbled twice in overtime. The Lions could not take advantage. Jared Goff had a terrible game throwing the football, but DeAndre Swift went over 130 yards rushing on over 30 carries. That's what got the Lions in the game. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Jared Goff, ever since the, the second quarter of the season started, he has struggled throwing the football. But the Lions, with Jamal Williams, with DeAndre Swift, with their countless amount of running backs, they can run the football. What I saw yesterday, you can run on the Browns' defense. So if the Lions can run the football and if they can control the clock, this could be a close game in Cleveland on Sunday. The Browns are currently opening up as 11-point favorites. Moving on to a game that I thought was out of hand early. Jacksonville made it a game late. They cover. Good thing I did not bid this game. Indianapolis winning this game 23-17. Trevor Lawrence and that Jacksonville offense is not good. By the way, Indianapolis, besides Jonathan Taylor yesterday, their offense was not good. Michael Pittman had a poor game. Carson Wentz had a poor game. But the fact of the matter is the Colts are a 5-5 five five football team now after getting off to, what, a 1-3, 2-5, 2-4 start, something like that. They are now 5-5. Five five. They are in position to potentially reach a wild card spot in the AFC. Now, really quickly here, if you take a look at the AFC, I believe at this point the Bills and Patriots are both going to make the playoffs out of the East. I think in the West, the Chiefs and the Chargers are both going to make the playoffs. I believe out of the South, Tennessee is going to make the playoffs. So then it comes down to the winner of the North, which I believe at this point in time is down between Baltimore and, yes, I am going to include the Browns here, as well as the loser of that division and the Colts battling for that number seven seat. I think Cincinnati is a way away, a year away, excuse me, and I don't think the Steelers are explosive enough on offense to make a postseason push. So again, to me, it comes down to what I think will be the Browns and the Colts 
for the number seven seed in the AFC. Indy's definitely got an easier schedule, but they're not consistent. They're four games back up to NFC. Carson Wentz has been a little bit of a wild pony this season. And so next week, they go to Buffalo. That's a big opportunity for the Bills to become a much-needed win to stay in front of New England in the AFC East. So if you're a Browns fan now to me, you've got to start paying attention to the Colts because that's your competition for a wild-card spot. I do believe, even with the Chargers' loss to the Vikings yesterday, the Chargers are going to make it. They're still a good football team, as well as New England in that other wild-card spot. Now, here we go. Tennessee and New Orleans. Now, I was shocked with how well the Saints played in the fourth quarter. It seems like over the last two weeks, the Saints can't do anything in quarters one through three. And then they bounce back. They make it a close game in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately for me, I bet this game and I lost by a point, folks. The line was Tennessee minus three. And they won by two. I thought I had this game for most of the game. The Saints obviously get a touchdown late. They do not convert the two-point conversion. But we got to start paying attention to the Titans because I said this. Listen, Derrick Henry is a big loss. And now Julio Jones on the outside without Derrick Henry is probably an even bigger loss. However, they still have a very good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. However, since he got out of Adam Gaze in Miami, he has been an MVP-like candidate. I'm not even kidding. Go back and check the numbers on that. As well as they have a great star receiver in A.J. Brown. And this season, unlike last season, they are getting a pass rush and they are getting turnovers. Folks, this Tennessee team goes into England in two weeks. A very fascinating game. I believe they have Houston next week. They should blow the doors off Houston, even if Houston is coming up a bye. But Tennessee and New England in a couple weeks is going to be a fascinating game. That is the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I believe. Be on the lookout for the Titans, because right now they are the number one seed in the AFC. Do I think they get it? No, I'll be honest. I think Buffalo is probably going to be your number one seed in the AFC, if I had to guess right now. Even though Tennessee does have the head-to-head win over Buffalo, that was more of a fluke off a missed QB sneak by John Allen, in my opinion. The Titans have played some very close games. They have looked impressive in other games. They have great resiliency. They embody the toughness that Mike Rabel, their head coach, presents. And they are a real football team. Gotta give credit to the Saints for bouncing back. I still think without Evan Kamara, they don't have many weapons. And I think the Saints are going to fall out of the NFC playoff race. Speaking of a team without any weapons, without Calvin Ridley, folks, the Falcons cannot score. I mean, I said this. I thought this was going to be the case. Dallas bouncing back against Atlanta. Now, I did not bet them, but this game was over early. Dallas destroyed the Falcons 43-3. Again, just like Buffalo. Buffalo bounces back against the Jets after their terrible loss to Jacksonville. Dallas bounces back against Atlanta after their terrible loss to Denver. Dallas goes to Kansas City next Sunday in an interesting showdown. Speaking of dud of the day, oh my goodness, folks, was Tom Brady terrible or what? Now, Washington lost Chase Young. To me, that's the bigger story here. Tampa Bay is going to get back AB. They're going to get back Gronk. They had a clunker last year in New Orleans. This is the equivalent of their clunker. They were not sharp. Coming off their bye, they'll be good. I'm not worried about Tampa Bay. I'm not going to overreact. Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette had bad days. 
for my fantasy team, but I'm not going to overreact to Tampa. To me, they're still the favorite right now in the NFC, and they should be the favorite, actually, to win the Super Bowl. The story here is Washington, one of their great pass rushers on that all-pro defensive line. Chase Young got hurt, and Taylor Heineke always plays well against Tampa Bay. To me, he is still limited. Washington's defense has gotten better over the last couple of weeks, but they are still nowhere near last year's team. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not coming back this year, it sounds like, from Washington. They're just going to roll with Taylor Heineke, which I said in the offseason was a huge mistake. It was a mistake to sign Fitzpatrick. It was a mistake to roll with Taylor Heineke. They should have went after a quarterback via trade or in the draft, preferably for them. They are a quarterback away. Now, their defense, they may need another linebacker. They may need another corner or safety. But they really struggle, in my opinion, being third in the division at best at quarterback. When you are competing with Daniel Jones for the bottom of your quarterback division, you are in trouble. And so Washington, a nice win, but just like Jacksonville and Buffalo last week, not putting any stock to it. But I did say... This was a game because Washington did give Tampa Bay fits last year in the playoff game. It was the only team that gave Tampa Bay any fits. Obviously, Ron Rivera knows the Tampa personnel from his time in Carolina. I said, don't bet this game because it's going to be closer than you think. I also said, don't bet this game because even though I didn't pick Carolina, folks, my no-tape theory came through again. I had a sneaky suspicion about P.J. Walker and Cam Newton, who obviously came in for Carolina. He's going to start next week against the Washington football team. It's a very interesting schedule coming up for Carolina. Again, they got the football team. Uh, they got the Dolphins. And we, they got some other cupcake teams in there. So Carolina could potentially get back in the NFC playoff race just before getting stonewalled by Tampa Bay two out of the last three weeks of the year. But I said... Listen, Cole McCoy played well last week against San Francisco. Why? Because nobody's seen him in, in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. P.J. Walker, nobody's really seen him. You, you know, so he comes in fresh off the bench. Matt Rule, Carolina, they play inspired. They get the win in Arizona. I am not selling my Arizona stock. Now, I know they play Seattle next week. I believe that game is in Seattle. So, if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins do not play, I will take Seattle. I'll probably take Seattle anyways outright, because as we'll talk about here with Seattle in a minute, they are now a desperate team at 3-6. and six. But I'm not selling my Arizona stock. That was a bad game. There was finally some tape on Cole McCoy for people to figure it out. And Carolina with a big win. I knew I should have bet Carolina plus 10. I added in my heart, I just didn't do it, and I wish I could, because I pretty much called this. I did not have the courage of my conviction. How about this? I called this one, too. I said, don't bet this game. I said, I'm going to pick the Chargers, but don't be surprised if Minnesota pulls out the upset, because a couple years ago, they went to L.A. when it wasn't at SoFi Stadium. It was in the soccer stadium the Chargers used to play at. And they beat the Chargers pretty soundly. And it was the same formula, right? Instead of Justin Jefferson, or instead of Stephon Diggs, they used Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. They ran the football. Kirk Cousins did not turn the football over. And the Vikings look like a very good football team. And the Chargers look like they're going to Charger again. After such a hot start, after Justin Herbert, 
My guy out of Oregon was a perennial MVP candidate to begin the season after he dominated the Eagles last week. He has seemed, though, to cool off in three out of the last four games. It feels like ever since the Baltimore game in week six, the Chargers have cooled off. I still think that they are a playoff team because I still think they have way too much talent. But, folks, the Vikings are one of these teams that one week they can look really good. The next week they can look really bad. They play Green Bay in Minneapolis in the Dome. I suspect Green Bay will win that game. You know, the Green Bay is going to be without Aaron Jones, which we will get to here. It looks like he has an ACL sprain, but that should not matter. They still have A.J. Dillon. They still have uh, Devontae Adams and all those pieces in Green Bay. Folks, Minnesota is a tricky team to figure out. They're a lot like the Browns. They play a lot of close games. They run the football. They want to go out play action. Their defense is not very good. They win games they are not supposed to win, and they lose games they are supposed to win. That is the definition of an inconsistent football team. Yet this team is around 7-8 wins every year. That's why you can't really fire Mike Zimmer. Next game. Now I called this one. I said, folks, my Philadelphia Eagles are going to go into Denver, and they are going to roll the Broncos. I said the Broncos were going off an emotional victory. I said it was the best thing that happened to me last week was Denver beat the Tar out of Dallas because nobody expected them to win. Von Miller was gone. He's in LA now. They thought Denver was just going to pack it in for the year. So now my Eagles, who are coming off a frustrating loss to the Chargers, could focus in and take out Eddie Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos. That's exactly what they did. Jalen Ertz had his best half of the season in the first half. Now in the second half, he only went one for three for two yards. But in the first half, he was spectacularly amazing. Devontae uh, Smith with a top play of the week catch in the end zone on a good throw from Jalen Ertz. The Eagles defense started blitzing again. Darius Slay had a tremendous, in my opinion, another top play of the week fumble return for a touchdown. And I gotta tell you folks, be on the lookout here, and I said this, you know, last week. Be on the lookout for my Philadelphia Eagles to potentially sneak in in the NFC playoff hunt. Because you take away the Eagles schedule. Next week, they host the Saints. They have back-to-back road trips against the Giants and the Jets. After their bye, they have the football team twice. They have the Giants again at home, and they end the year with the Dallas Cowboys at home. Folks, yesterday, week 10, was the Eagles' potential last flight of the season. If they make to the playoffs, they would have to fly to probably either Green Bay, L.A., or Arizona. But that was their last you know, flight of the regular season. Their only other road trips this year are New York and Washington, which are both bus rides. Jalen Urge is getting more confidence ever since the mini-buy after the Thursday night loss to Tampa Bay. Nick Sirianni has changed the offense around. The Eagles are running the football with Boston Scott, with Jordan Howard. I think it'll be interesting to see how Miles Sanders comes back in this mix because Boston Scott and Jordan Howard have been really running the football. The Eagles have not missed Miles Sanders in the run game at all. It'll be interesting to see when Sanders does come back. In my opinion, he may be back this week against the Saints. He may be not. But Jaywood Urge is getting more confidence. The Eagles have changed their offense from the preseason. It looks like a much more pro-style offense now. 
And folks, the Eagles could be on the rise here. Just you wait and see. I'm telling you, I called this a couple weeks ago. I said if the Eagles can get through the first out gauntlet of this schedule, be around that four and six, five and five range, the Eagles could make some noise in the second half of the season. And here we are now sitting at four and six. Speaking of teams that are struggling right now, let's go ahead and talk about the Seattle Seahawks really quick. Obviously a bad loss. 17-0 to Green Bay. Russell Wilson was absolutely rusty. I'm not going to say anything about it. Green Bay played really well in the snow. Aaron Rodgers looked a little rusty too, coming off COVID. But folks, the Green Bay defense over the last couple weeks, they have shut down Patrick Mahomes. They have shut down Russell Wilson. They have shut down Kyler Murray. They are playing their best football in the last couple of years. This is a Super Bowl team. They may not have a number two wide receiver. Devontae Adams may be it. Obviously, they did not get Odell Beckham Jr., who is now on his way to L.A. But they have Devontae Adams. They have A.J. Dillon. We'll see how long Aaron Jones is out. Maybe missing Aaron Jones will be a big weapon since they don't have that number two wide receiver. They, they're starting to use Aaron Jones more in the passing game than in the running game to begin with. So that could be more of a bigger loss than we think right now. But this Seattle team, that was a hard ass, man. Going to Green Bay in the cold with Russell Wilson going off his injury. I did not like Seattle's chances. But coming up, they still got Arizona. They still got San Francisco. They still got the Rams. They got a lot of division games left to play. They got some cupcakes left on that schedule. I think Seattle with Russell Wilson. Be careful here. Their defense did only give up 17 points. Their defense has gotten better as the year goes on. Folks, Seattle could be another one of those teams with Carolina, with the Eagles, with the Falcons, with the Saints, who, you know, right now I believe the NFC, the top two wild cards after, you know, the Rams, who are right now competing with Arizona in the division, would go Carolina and New Orleans. I would eliminate both those teams. So I think there's going to be a lot of mixing up in the NFC. I would not count Seattle out yet. And again, I would not count the Eagles out yet. As of this point, though, I would say Green Bay is the number two team in the NFC right behind Tampa Bay. And this game I completely got wrong, folks. I said Vegas was going to come in. I said last week they were not ready to play following uh, the game, you know, against the Giants because of the Henry Ruggs incident. I thought they were going to come out. They played the Chiefs well in both games last year. And the Chiefs came out. They proved us all wrong. Kansas City looked back. Now, they have the Cowboys next week. It's going to be a very interesting game to watch. But, folks, Kansas City looked like a real, real good football team last night. Vegas cannot stop them. Patrick Mahomes had five TDs, no picks. Caused me a win in fantasy football because I was going up against him. I also had Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and Danny Carlson for Vegas. I ended up losing by five. It's tough, man. Let me just tell you, fantasy football is tough. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a great ball game, though. And, you know, the Chiefs roll 41-14. Very surprised by the lack of effort from Las Vegas. Kansas City came in focused. And to me now, they do look like they are in sole possession of the AFC West. They do look like that they will, in my opinion now, win the division. And, of course, we will go over the Rams and the Niners game. Thursday on the podcast when Odell Beckham tonight makes his debut for the Rams.
And that's it for today's podcast. Again, recapping all of the NFL action from Week 10. Week 11 has a lot of good games, folks. The weather is cold outside. It is snowing today where I am at in Cleveland, Ohio. That means the football is getting good. That means the stakes are more important. We have a lot of division battles and a lot of wild card battles going on on both sides where there's going to be some teams that are just a game or two out from missing the playoffs and a good team from the AFC missing it and a bad team from the NFC making it. Folks, it's a wild NFL season. You cannot predict what's going to happen. Now, I count the Steelers-Lions game as a loss on my record since nobody technically won. That means I went 7-6. and six. If the Rams win tonight, I'll have a winning record for the week. That's all I asked for. Nowadays, in the NFL, I went 2 for 3 in my best bets. Disappointing. I hit Buffalo minus 12. I hit Philly plus 3. I missed Baltimore Thursday night. I missed Tennessee barely by a point. And I really missed Vegas plus 2.5 against Kansas City. But I think we all did there. I think we all thought that was going to be a close game. Even if you picked Kansas City... I think we all thought that was going to be a close game. And again, Kansas City just really showed their firepower. So that'll do it. We'll be back on Thursday for breaking down week 11 in the NFL, the college football rankings as well as Survivor Series. We will see you guys then. Enjoy the day and peace.